Having great conversations with your prospects and clients hinges on the state of your mindset. This isn't some vague reference or term. Your mindset is how you filter and decode the world around you, how you listen, interpret, and react during a conversation. Do you label what you hear as bad and allow frustration to set in? Do you label things as good and become sloppy and jump ahead thinking the conversation is right where you want it? Or are you able to stay objective by not allowing a perceived value to spark your biases and tank the picture? In this episode, I continue my conversation with commercial real estate professional and Lapa 180 client Jeff Breton to explore what it took for him to analyze and evolve his mindset. We are looking at how this translates to the real world by breaking down a meeting that Jeff recently had between his team and a very large prospect. Let's go. When you think of the three main mindsets of detachment, right? The high intent and the abundance. Which one do you think is easier which one do you think is the harder one as you're developing this new mindset? From where I sit today or as in from the beginning phases? Just based on your experience. Yeah, just based on looking back on your experience. Hmm. They all have their they all have their their challenges. I mean, and they're all somewhat related, right? They're all somewhat taking right, like the attachment to not being scarce on a deal. Um, I think the the easier one might be to approach it, the peer-to-peer high intent perspective. I think that might be an easier way to, to start. I think salespeople, especially like being not, you know, working your butt off and having a bunch of volume and trying to get, and finally getting a meeting. And it's hard to not, Uh, be attached. It's hard to not want it to go well. It's hard to not want it to create some value in some way. Um, And, you know, I think that like, it's, I don't think that ever goes to zero on somebody, right? I think that it's a competitive space. Everyone we're in, in this industry. Um, What helps me with abundance is, is the stuff you can control, right? So not being scarce at a deal, like I need this one deal or I'm, the things you can control are how much effort you're putting on, how much other, how many opportunities you're working on, what you're doing to better yourself. And, and so that's, I think, helped me get through that one a little better is like, sure. I'd love all the deals to work. I'd love them, but I got, I got a lot, like whether this goes well, I got so much else going on. I got my kids thing later tonight. I've got, you know, I got all this stuff and whether it happens or not, I'm fine. Um, you know, ultimately what gets you over all the humps is understanding how, if you like approaching meetings in that way and approaching conversations, business conversations with you can, people can sniff that and it's not an attractive thing in anybody. Right. Um, it's a, people want a partner, not a vendor. Um, and if you, they feel that you just, we want something out of them. It's just, it's not a, you know, so from a, if you want to be attached to a deal, it's not a, that's don't be attached to it. That's the worst way to get the deal. In my opinion, would you say that's the hardest part is, is trying to stay detached? I'd say so. I'd say as I think through that question, I'd say that's probably the hardest one. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's human nature, right? The more effort, which we can control, and the more time that we invest in something innately, the more attached we're going to become to it. Yeah. So as, as, as deals start to flow, right, and they start to expand, it gets a little harder and harder to stay detached, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a nutshell, you had this great meeting. You had a CEO, CFO, COO in the room. You flew your folks in. You were the quarterback. You led it. You made it under no uncertain terms that you were that quarterback. They ended up saying, hey, yeah, we'd, we'd like to do some project with you to get a feel for kind of how you guys might handle working with us, right? In, in a nutshell, that was kind of a, um, right? But what struck me is when you shared that with me, you were so calm. You were just so neutral. You were just like, yeah, they, they gave us two opportunities to work with them on these two projects. And you pretty much, you were like, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I was like, wow. So tell me, tell, tell the audience a little bit about like, where was your head at that point? Like you've obviously learned a lot through the years. So, but you were able to stay neutral, even when they were pretty much saying, we love what you have to say. You're intriguing us, right? This is interesting. But you were still like, yeah, okay, let's see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, the, the small context, is it, you know, it's a company, it's over a hundred properties, a lot of growth, a lot of things, like a lot of things going on. And, you know, the, the more, and we talked about ways we can support all of it in a lot of different facets without getting into all the, the nooks and crannies of it, right? And so the conversation that we had in the meeting was about overall partnership. It was about all the different things. And so I think that I, I know even after a great meeting and a couple like pro, there's still a lot of this, like learning each other and ways to go. And, and I didn't, you know, being, even having two deals or two situations, I also didn't want to, like, I knew that there's still a lot of, trust and, and process to build because that's like being judged on one or two things and, and i've kept you just keep like I, there's just more conversations to keep having to continue to to get deeper and and build more trust and more understanding of how our working relationships works and since i even shared that with you dan you know the last couple of weeks like we've been we've continued on the thread that was the like we're here to be a partner right and all these things and yes, we're, we can help you on this, but you know all these other things too. And since then, they've opened up a whole bunch more to us. Actually, since then as well, right? Where they've sort of come to us, and I say, hey, we're working on these things. You know, how have we? What else? We've kind of you know, we we talked about this. Is that how, how are you guys thinking about? And they come to us with, hey, you know what? I think it's a good time to now open this too. Like, can we can we show? Can you show us how this one looks for this part of our business? And so, so I don't know. So proof has been around that or that, like just taking it, not, you know, uh, just continuing to like build that with them and build this, this long-term, like I'm, I'm not done with that mentality with them. And I'm not done with like that. That's just the way we operate. Um, um you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think not getting attached to two deal, like it didn't mean anything yet. Like it's, it's, we didn't execute it. We didn't, I don't know, like, if that helps their, solve the problem, it was, it just sort of wasn't uh, 
because I was calm, I was sure about what the through line was, what the reason for the meeting, what the, what we talked about at scale, like there was, a, there's a lot to talk about still. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. You mentioned this again, and I, I'm sure the listeners have caught this in through line and that's your term. And can you share, what does that mean for you when you think of the through line on these conversations and the through line on building a relationship. What is what does that mean to you? It, it's the like core why of why they and we are are in these conversations and what and what we're continually trying to bring more clarity to, so that it drive. It's like a simple part of the upfront agreement, right? It's a simple way of everything that you do related to this is centered on that mindset so that you can kind of maintain the same it makes it easier for me too it makes it like each right like there's so many moving pieces with something of this scale with this kind of group and it, you can get there's so many motions and so many different things and projects and nuance and all this stuff and especially with the through line is not any it's not a concrete thing it's the it's the clarity it's the curiosity it's building trust it's the it's the overall ways we support that all this supports their business. It's, it's continuing to become a part of each other's, like the way that they think and challenging the way that's a net, that's sort of, that's in everything that I do with, with that type of group. Right. And, and, and even in other type, other client conversations, having that type of gut drives your conversation, drives how you, what questions you ask, drives you, so I don't know. So that that's been something I've taken from some things we've worked on is just to it's what I I teach my guys is what's your through line, what's the reason, so that no matter where the conversation goes, you you'll be able to ask another question or share something or right or based on what's really the heart of why you're having this conversation without trying to get anybody anywhere. So um, that's helped me in the on the go, on the fly, all these moving pieces, things to stay centered. You've mentioned it before. Um, my takeaway from what you just shared, Jeff, is that your through line is it's your constant reminder, my words, but it's your constant reminder to yourself. Number one, keep your mindset, right? Whatever that mindset is, how and if you can help doesn't mean anything yet, right? This isn't going to define me. Whatever that mindset is, you keep it. Two, use it, stay curious. I think curious was the first word you might've used when you talked about the through line. And then as you were talking, I picked up my word, benevolence, right? You're, you're always trying to make sure no matter what questions being asked, what's being said, whatever the emotion is here, however this personality is blending or not blending here, you're, you're just trying to stay calm and objective. I mean, that, those those were some of those takeaways I had as you talked about your through line. Yeah. I mean, and it's more like, you know, I'm training a team, like, you know, I have little kids out, like the hours, everything is efficient. Everything is tight, right? That's And that's how you create more volume in a sales type of role. But so it, it helps me. I, you know, might stay stay calm and helps me be able to continue to move everything forward in the right way without 
you know, I've seen, you know, there's moments you get flustered or you're trying to get to the next thing. You got to call in five minutes. You got to get back to someone. And that goes into whatever you're responding to this client with or the way you're advised. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a good life skill for in anything, you know, personal or professional life, I think is something to draw you back to the center of like the why of, of everything to help, um, to help you be more effective and actually communicate what you, if you had time to sit and think thought, you know, be thoughtful about it, what you would do. Right. And we don't always have the luxury of spending 30 minutes of prep on every single thing we do. Um, so it's a, it's a shortcut. You said standard. So when you said it earlier, my, I connected standard of conversation, right? So my gut would be, this is not rhetorical, but what you expect from your prospects interactions now has changed drastically between a couple years ago, several years, years ago and now. Could you share a little bit about that? And there's no ego involved, right? Cause I know you, it's not like you're demanding of your prospects, but my gut is you have expectations now when you're in these conversations that your prospects going to invest X or give Y or act a certain way or engage a certain way. Could you explain a little bit of that? Well, I mean, I, again, I, because I expect a certain level of engagement in the conversation from them and thought thoughtfulness, right? Whether it's for us or, you know, or, or not now or whatever, because even getting to it, like a, Hey, it's, it's the wrong time or the wrong, you know, helps both of us stop weight. Like, and that's an okay end to the call. Right. So I expect and try and strive for just mutual clarity on calls and, and it's, and getting them to acknowledge and, and articulate from their own perspective what they're what's resonating with them if anything what they what what steps they want to take right like if a call ends it's not all the work isn't on me to go do a bunch of homework and hope that they remember what we spoke about it's it should be these are like it should be a like oh okay like there should be engagement back from them um not and if not me just fishing for an answer and a lot of time it's the wrong time, you know, or there's the situation is, Hey, let's, let's, you know, in three months or, Hey, when that situation arises next, we'll let's talk about it. Right. Or when this date. And so that's sometimes where, and that's, that's okay too. Right. And we understand what might happen when we get there and what, what they would do and they get differently. And what are things we might can do in the meantime that might be valuable or helpful as well. But it's it's engagement. It's I think yeah I think I'm saying a long short answer long, but engagement and and clarity. I loved it. I picked up that clarity piece too. So last question. All right, this has been fantastic too. Um, you may have already said much of it. I get it. But if if we could maybe surmise for our listeners right who are at these inflection points in their career, right? Tiger Woods changed his swing, I think three times. It could be three and a half to four, but I know of three times. Each time he took a little dip in performance and then skyrocketed in victory, right? In terms of percentage of wins. And he didn't have to change his swing ever. My point is for those listeners, whether they have two years experience or 20 years experience, 
and they want to get to another level. And so they're looking at changing their swing, which you've been through. What three things of advice would you give them? Maybe if it's just two on this process of changing your conversation, mindset, or sales approach? What would the two or three bits of advice you, you'd give? Slow down on all sides. Slow down and, and think and prep and get it in their head of what they're ex going to expect coming into it, of what you want your through line to be, right? Slow down, and it's, especially when you're going through the transition, there's no, you need to, you need to do what Michael Jordan, you need to prepare and game plan in advance a lot. And you need to debrief a lot after way more time in the, you know, in the gym than on the field, right? Like that to, to really like hone it in and think about it. And I think be curious, I think make that a, a, a foundation of the way you talk. Um, it's not about you. It's not about you. Nobody, you know, sales doesn't always happen. You know, most of them won't happen on how great you are and what you have to say. It's it's going to be a curious, slowed down conversation where you want them to own your solution, and you need to help ask the right questions to help them arrive at that or not but arrive at some clarity as to whether that solution from their perspective helped. I think those are good answers where you just drop the mic. <laughs> Authentic, man. That's it. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180. 